psychological development and spiritual development are the same. However, the true spiritual development is when you do the psychological development in a healthy way. The path in and of itself is not necessarily a holy one. There is a way to do it right and a way to do it incorrectly. There is the good path and there's the wrong path. There's the healthy path and the unhealthy path. Oh, I have an addiction. I am not an addict. It was a framework for to guide me on a path of healing. The portion is, and the message is, that make sure that the path that you're headed down is one that's aligned with Torah, one that's aligned with God's will, ultimately. Welcome to the In Search of More podcast. I am your host, Ellie Nash. Join me weekly on my quest for more, more from myself and more from this world. We'll see you on the other side. All right. So we're here again, Schneer, and um, you said something in our last episode, right? We're in there, we kind of explained that we'd be doing a few of these uh, conversations separated into different ideas. Mm -hmm. So you said something that kind of is a, uh, a seed for this conversation, which is that spiritual and psychological work are one and the same, mm -hmm. number one. Mm -hmm. And number two, that is kind of the reason we're here. Correct. So within Judaism, there's this idea of um, they're kind of three pillars of, I don't know, growth, of work, of there's Torah, mm -hmm. right, which is the learning of it, Avaidah, which is, action. I guess, what? Action. Action, okay. And then Gemil Sadim, which is good deeds. Kindness. Right, kindness. Mm -hmm. So, right, kindness to others, not good deeds in the sense of... Um, that would probably fall under Avaidah, right. generally, yeah. But I also understood Avaidah as kind of the, the personal inner work mm -hmm. as well. Yeah. And in a sense... The inner work is all three. Tara, you're learning. You're growing, you're learning, because you have to learn in order to grow. Avoida, it takes work. You can't just think about it and then move on and everything fixes itself. You actually have to do the, you have to overcome your um, impulses and, 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 and ego, et cetera, et cetera. And it's also Gemelas Chasadim. You're doing kindness to yourself and to the person, right. any other person involved. The first person we must be kind to is... Uh... Is ourselves. Well, uh, if, you, if you can be kind to yourself, then you have the capacity to be kind to others. Right. Oftentimes when um, I talk to my wife, if one of us is struggling with a decision, the, what, I'll, what I'll share with her, what I'll share with myself is what is the guidance I would give my son mm. in the same situation years later? Yeah. Right? Like how, how do I be the most kind to myself? That's the idea of that is what right. would be the most kind. Someone I was trying to be the ultimate kind person too, mm -hmm. what advice would I give them? So let me give that advice yeah, yeah. to myself. Yeah. So uh, this topic, where does it, uh, this, this thought that spiritual, psychological work is, is one and the same and the reason we're here, um, kind of the reason I wanted to piggyback on that is because someone asked me last week what my podcast is about. Mm. And I said, kind of healing and growth, but really about life. I just feel like it's what life is about. I don't mm -hmm. have a way of separating this from, like, oh, I'm on a healing path. No, I'm not sick. I'm on a healing path. I, like, this is life. It's, li it's literally life. Can we handle what's coming at us? And in order to be able to handle what's coming at us, we have to continue to do inner work. Right, right. And I would say, like, everything in this, in this world, in this life, um, this polarity. There is the, the good path and there's the wrong path. There's the healthy path and the unhealthy path. Right. There's no good without bad. There's no bad without right. good. Right. Correct. Um, this world is, 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 they say, rubika cholera. It's mostly not good things. But um, our self-development and, and our doing our psychological work um, 
is the work that we come down here for. It is, it is the work of Torah and Mitzvahs. Torah and, Torah and the Mitzvahs are the blueprint, and, and everything is in the Torah. The more I've studied from outside of the Torah, the more I find I then find it in the Torah. It's, it was already there. If I only just went and learned the Torah in the first place, I wouldn't have to go read these other books or other things. Um, and so when it comes to psychological development, we have that polarity also. There are some people that go down the path of psychological development and, and they, they take a, a turn to the, to, to, to the negative because even, even there you, have, you always have free choice and you always have the, the possibility of picking from the healthy tray or the unhealthy tray, right? Right, meaning even with that, within that path, there is the healthy way and unhealthy way. There's the good way and the bad way. Correct. So a good metaphor that I heard is like you, you go to a party and there are waiters walking around with trays. And some trays have healthy food and some trays have unhealthy food. And as they walk past you, you have to constantly choose. Are you going to choose the healthy option or are you going to choose the unhealthy option? Right. right? So the same applies to psychological development and the work that we have to do as we work through. We could, a person could decide, I'm going to free myself. I'm going to uh, become a better person. I'm going to become a freer person. And then they go and do a bunch of things that hurts people or that causes damage or in the name of psychology, in the name of self-development, in the name of self-help. Right. So the, the, uh, the, the language used for that is I feel uh, I'm being called to. Yeah. I'm being just, called to leave my job and screw everybody in the process. Well, the, 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 there's sometimes where the, right. that calling is it's from the right side, and there are times where the calling is from the left side, from the unhealthy side. Right. Um, there was a point where I started learning a lot of Kabbalah. Right. Even in those cases, though, it's... Because um, I've seen this a lot, like with uh, a lot of people I know on psychedelic... Um, paths and oftentimes the messages are very abrupt and very decisive and someone can see how like oh my boss is terrible for me or this sibling is terrible for me or this uh, where I live is terrible for me I was like okay that was the message you got but don't blow up, don't blow up your world you can still land the plane gracefully just because mm -hmm. it, just because it told you not that you know the, the path you're on is wrong don't, don't do a crash landing correct so so going back to the original point um, psychological development and spiritual development are the same. However, the true spiritual development is when you do the psychological development in a healthy way, right? When you are looking, you know, how does Torah teach you? What is true holiness? What is true Torah avayda and gemelas chasadim? What is true uh, learning? What is true? Act what are the correct actions to take? And what are what? What is it to be kind to, to yourself and others? Um, a lot of times people can mis misunderstand that or, or, or misconstrue that. Say, I'm going to be kind to myself. I'll do whatever I want and screw everybody else. Right. And that, that doesn't align with Torah and that doesn't align with God's will. So uh, all this work and all this spiritual development, psychological development has to be done in a, in a positive and healthy. And so, how, so how does one ensure that one is doing it correctly, right? Assuming that someone is well-intentioned. Mm. You know, my wife always uh, tells me, she says, most people have no concept when it comes to healthy or unhealthy food. Like, mm -hmm. it doesn't even doesn't even register. I remember mm -hmm. someone um, saying, I decided I'm going to eat healthy and drinking fruit juices all day. It's like, <laughs> first of all, most of them are loaded with preservatives. Second mm -hmm. of all, that much sugar, even if it's natural, which we don't know what they are because they're box cartons of fruit, even if they are. They call it boxes with promises. What? Boxes with promises. Anything what? that's a box with promises is not <laughs> right. good. Right, it's not, it's not a good idea. Yeah. So my point is, is that just someone wanting to eat healthy mm -hmm. is not the same as actually 
eating healthy. Correct. But it starts with the intention, right? So if someone has the intention that I'm going to eat healthy, so they may, at first they may make that mistake right. of, of drinking fruit juice, uh, thinking that they're eating something healthier. But if they have that intention um, and they're coming from the right place, so what will happen is someone will point out to them that fruit juice is not the healthiest option. It's a journey, right? It's a right. journey. And, and like, uh, so, what's your caution? so what's your caution? What is my? You're, you're issuing some sort of caution to people who are engaged or beginning yes. to engage in this um, process of life. Life, life, psychological, psychological and spiritual, spiritual work. The, the, the caution is, and the message is, that make sure that the path that you're headed down is one that's aligned with Torah, one that's aligned with God's will, ultimately. And that starts with your intention. If someone's intention is selfish, so they'll probably end up down a path that's not serving them and others. If someone's intention is really to come closer to God, to become more aligned, uh, to be more healthy for themselves, their family, and others. So then they may, may have missteps. Uh, they may make a wrong turn. But ultimately, they'll, they'll come back to the correct path, hopefully. Um, and I think that a lot of that has to do with the intention. If the person, if the person says, Adam Makadish asasmai ma'atlamata, makadishnai se harba mamayla, right? So if a person makes a, a small effort to holy himself, Right, which basically becomes, means to become a more wholesome and healthy person. Um, so if a person makes that effort here below, so then from above they help him to, to get there. In a much larger level. In a much bigger mm -hmm. way and, and, in, and ultimately to get to where he needs to be. But What's going to say? God says, open, give me an opening as the size of a pin of a needle and I'll walk an elephant through it. Correct, correct. So if a person makes that effort and has the correct intention, so then everything we're doing here on this earth is, is observed. <clears throat> is observed, it's seen, it's heard, and it's recognized. And so, if we're on the, if we if we're doing it with the right intention, and we ask for guidance, you know, show me the way, God, please show me the way. You can write to the Rebbe, please daven for me, please pray for me, please show me the way. Um, so then, you will be nudged in the right direction. So I guess the caution is that the path in and of itself is not necessarily a holy one. There is a way to do it right and a way to do it incorrectly. Yeah. So like, for like someone every path in life. For someone who and there is the reason I'm saying someone is there's a, a previous version of myself that listening to this would be triggered by this thought that oh Torah has the way. Mm -hmm. Um oh do do it in the way Torah wants or God's well. I was like, okay, I heard enough of that growing up and mm -hmm. it didn't get me anywhere. In mm -hmm. fact, uh, I felt like it was you know, what does Gamar say about the Torah when used to the left, used to the right at Samhachaim, used to the left at Samhamavas, the elixir of death. So I feel like I've I've experienced some of that. So to to make the same point, maybe without the language that could throw someone off, understandably, mm -hmm. uh, because they feel like they've been in that path of Torah. Mm -hmm. Like, okay, Torah, all I see is miserable people, not literally, mm -hmm. but for someone who's, um, you know, been steeped in it from a young age and feels frustrated by the process and the people who claim to be practicing God's will, what would be another way to make that point? So firstly, I'll say, you know, the famous saying I mentioned to you was, as within, so without. We tend to view and experience other people the way we, the way we are experiencing ourselves inside of ourselves. So when we're in a place of self-judgment and we have a lot of judgment towards ourselves for mistakes, screw-ups, issues that we have, so we tend to see broad groups of people outside of ourselves as through, that, through that lens. Right, yeah. like 
oh, they, they claim to be Torah Jews, but they're doing this and they're doing that, and we surround them with judgment. What I found for myself, as I healed um, a tremendous amount of these judgments over time, was that I started self seeing... Self-judgments. Self-judgments, correct. Is I started seeing and experiencing people very differently, and also different people started showing up in my life that better represented the new as, in, as within, so without, right? The new within was now being reflected on the outside. So that's number one. Usually when we, when we view a group of people, whether it's Torah Jews or, or any other group of people, as terrible, bad, wrong, screwed up. Right, I'm not even saying that. I'm not talking about them. I'm talking more about suggesting that I'm going to embark on this healing path mm-hmm. in a Torah way. Mm-hmm. I've been doing everything in a Torah way for 20 years, and it hasn't been getting me where I want. So maybe it says it in some book, but I haven't found that book mm-hmm. yet. So now I'm embarking on a different path to get these solutions that I hope will heal me. Mm-hmm. And here comes voice, say, do it the Torah way. I thank you very much. The Torah way for the last 20 years hasn't got me. I'm not... I'm not bashing a whole group of people. That's mm-hmm. not, it's not coming from that place. It's coming from a place of, you know, when you said, I can find these ideas in Tyra. Mm-hmm. Beautiful, but they resonated with you first somewhere else. Mm-hmm. And then you found them in Tyra. Mm-hmm. In Tyra, we can find everything. And there's a lot of books. Correct. So the end result for me was that much of what I learned elsewhere, I then found in Tyra. So at the end of, at a, at a further stage in my journey, I'm, I'm able to recognize that it was already there. I just didn't know where to look. Or it wasn't brought to my attention. And so there are parts of, many parts of Torah that people are not aware of. Sure, People sure, don't sure. study. It, so. No, and I found it myself, and I'm, yeah. not, it's, mm-hmm. I'm not speaking to myself today. When you say it to me today, I'm good with it. Got it. I, I hear it because it's... Got it. I've a, a lot of... You know, I remember when I, um, I started relearning the Rebbe Sichas in the last mm-hmm. couple of years. And I was like, wow, this is like a self-development, like, Program. treasure <laughs> treasure trove. How did I not know about this? Mm-hmm. But I'm reading it through that lens. And it's like, wow, there's so much value here. There's so much, um, like, clarity and insight. And I The whole Torah is a self-help book, <laughs> practically. But we don't see it that way. Right. We, we're, we're told and we're traumatized and we're... Until we read a few self-help books. <laughs> right. And until we heal, start healing ourselves and we, we find our way. But right, going so back to your question, so someone who, who feels traumatized by the by the idea of Torah. Right, so make the point to someone mm-hmm. without using the word Torah or mm-hmm. or God. Mm-hmm. What is the caution? What is the caution that someone engaging in this um, path of healing? And obviously, their intentions are good, right? Mm-hmm. So we're talking to someone who has good intentions or who doesn't yet, but like, hey, there should be some intentions that are um, that are positive here, and if they're not, work through that. So without using the word Torah, without using the word God, because we don't even know what that means yet, the Torah way. So mm-hmm. what, what is the value that someone should be um, focusing on when they're on this path of self-healing? Right. So if someone was, was allergic to the idea of Torah and God, um, I would tell them two things. <laughs> number one is, and something that I've had to learn myself, um, number one is humility. Don't think you know it all. Don't think you, you're the greatest person that ever existed or the smartest person that ever existed. Approach it with humility. And I think most people that, that suffer from challenges in their life or issues in their life know that, that they have what to fix and they have what to work on. So there's already an opening to humility. Mm-hmm. But some of my personal biggest growth came from being crushed. You know, in Hasidus, we have this idea of kasis damar, that you can only get oil out of an olive by, by crushing, crushing it. it yeah. So that was my experience many times, being crushed to be able to grow. Um, and from the oil, we get light. Correct, exactly, and that brings light. Um, 
So humility is number one. And number two would be um, betterment of yourself and others. If you're on a healing journey and you want to heal yourself, if you are looking at, at, at ways to harm others or, or not caring about how, how others are going to be impacted by your choices and your decisions and your actions, then you're not on a good path. Because when you're hurting others, you're hurting yourself. We're, we're essentially all, we're all connected, we're all interconnected, we all depend on each other at some point or another. And hurting others is hurting yourself. So if you can let go of the ego and be humble and say, you know what, I need help. I need to f figure this out. I need to do the right thing. And number two, you can really focus on how can my own healing bring healing to others too and bring healing to myself without hurting others. Let me find a diplomatic way. Let me find a healthy way. Let me find a calm way. Let me think it through before I act, et cetera, et cetera. But then you have the two ingredients that you need to, to develop yourself and heal and not cause yourself further damage in the, in the process. Right. When I think about humility, um, what, what comes to me, and tell me if this is maybe some of what you meant. So when I was early on my path of healing, a lot of that looked like therapy, and then reading a lot of books that had diagnoses, and then it's figuring out which, diagnose I get, which diagnosis I get and which everyone else gets <laughs> as well. They both. Yes. And then, okay, this person's narcissist, this person's borderline, mm -hmm. uh, this uh, anxiety disorder, general anxiety disorder, mm -hmm. obsessive compulsive disorder, addiction. and all of these, what? Addiction. Uh, addiction, correct. All mm -hmm. of these labels and diagnoses that we can give people, which when the people write it, for clarity's sake, you kind of have to be descriptive, decisive. This is, <laughs> this is what it is. Mm -hmm. If you have these criterias, then it's definitely that. Um, and there was a point in time where I, you know, fully embraced that ideology, for lack mm -hmm. of a better word. Mm -hmm. And today it's much more relaxed. Okay, it's a framework. It's not, I don't have an addiction. I am not an addict. It was a framework for, to guide me on a path of healing. Mm -hmm. It wasn't, you know. Coping so, mechanism. What? Coping mechanism, self-soothing. I mean, sure, but I'm saying even in terms of you saying I am an addict. Mm -hmm. am, am I an addict? I don't know. Are you, is anyone else an addict? I have no idea. The question isn't useful. Only it's it's only useful if I'm choosing a path of healing. So, mm -hmm. for example, let's say someone is engaging in wild and reckless spending. Mm -hmm. There could be a couple different possibilities. Mm -hmm. One is they're going through a psychotic episode. Mm -hmm. Another is that they have an addiction. Mm -hmm. Another is they may be manic depressive and this may be mania, mm -hmm. right? So all of those are going to be treated differently. Who okay. that person is, it may never show up again in their life. If, maybe if an addiction will mm -hmm. take a little bit more work, that, that concept, that approach. But the person is not psychotic. The person is not an addict. The person is not manic depressive. That's not who they are at their essence, which is what um, the therapy approach, the, the psychological approach often tries to sum up a person in a diagnosis, in a label, mm -hmm. useful for healing, but that's all. It's not as I'm walking through life in every interaction, I am an addict. No, I chose to call myself an addict in order to embark on a 12-step program to get healing, knowing all the while that there's a lot of professional addict addiction specialists who don't even believe you can be addicted to sex. <laughs> but still, I don't care what the science says. What I care is that when I embarked on the 12-step program, 
it helps soothe whatever the underlying thing was that was driving this addiction. My point is, is so it's really a question. When you said humility around this, mm -hmm. it, that's what I, I thought of. I was thinking like early days, if I would have heard this, would it have helped me relaxed some of the intensity with which I held some of these positions around labels, around other ideas? Could have I held that idea as a perspective that I'm looking I'm looking through versus this absolute truth. I almost wanted to know why the word manic depressive wasn't in Torah, you know? Mm. Why the word addiction wasn't in Torah. It was such a truth to me, like it had to be there. And I, you know, the fact that it wasn't there, <laughs> wasn't there, like you don't have an exact Hebrew word for addict, maybe today, but like a Lushan, you know, an old... Uh, it's a type, it's a horror. I mean... Right, exactly, but it's not... Ex it's it comes <laughs> back to what, what everything, what keeps, what keeps coming to my mind while she's saying all this is that addict, manic, depressive, all these different things, borderline, it's all parts of us that are unhealed in some way that have grabbed the wheel of the bus and are acting out. So for a period of time, you know, it's like I was taught to say a part of me feels X, right? Let's say I'm really upset at someone, I'm really angry at someone. A part of me feels angry. So I'm not angry. Mayor as a whole right. is not angry. There is a part of me. There is an unresolved part of me. Right. Even this is, is a framework. Angry. IFS is also a framework. Correct. It's it's a framework, but I think I think that's much closer to the Torah Understood. perspective, which, which is like people have are made up of different parts. We have an animal soul. We have a you know like the Alter of Antania, animal soul and and the godly soul. So can you do you want to put a label on the animal soul and call him an addict? Do you want to call him this? Do you want to call him that? You can you can do that if you want to. Right. But ultimately, is that you know is that and sometimes and what is nice about the IFS model is that it is a much more relaxed perspective right once i say a part of me is it's much less judgmental exactly because now it's not the whole person is bad right it's a more humble it's a more realistic uh, sure, sure. Re reality that that there is a part of this person right now that's feeling very hurt and is taking action based on that right humility is not a lie i mean it's a true we know very little well i'll say that the more i've learned yeah. a tremendous amount over the last six plus years that i really threw myself into learning a lot and i've gone to a lot of depth and the more i learn the more I know that we really don't know much, right? right? And, and I think most people who learn a lot come to that co same conclusion that um, there's only so much we, uh, you know, there's only a drop in the ocean that we can really grasp. Right. My father told me when, when I was young that his, his dream for each of his kids is to learn one subject really well, like one subject really, really well, mm -hmm. so we understand how little we know about that one subject and by extension... Everything else, yeah. <laughs> right? Everything else. It's true. Yeah. I shared a story previously about um, my sister when I was young got into graphology, handwriting analysis. Right. So wrote a book, and I thought that I was a whiz on, you know, handwriting analysis because there were things that I was able to do even from reading a book. Like for example, if I ask someone to write three sentences, I can tell them which one, which was a lie. Mm. And then there were other things that you can see: introverted, extroverted. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. there were stuff, and in you know, kids' language, you can see different. Issues mm -hmm. in different areas of someone's life, whatever. Mm -hmm. And uh, my father gave me a book after reading this one, and I was all excited about how much I knew about the subject. I was probably 12 or 13 years old. He gave me a book, several hundred pages on just the letter I. Oh, wow. And I think it also had a, a, a subsection that on signatures. That was the message. Right. It's like, okay, you read a book. You read a handwriting analysis for dummies, whatever. Not that book, but something like that. You've touched the tip of the iceberg. Here's a, a book twice the last the size of the last one, just on the letter I. Right, right. right. Yeah, yeah. The yeah. deeper we go, the more we, we the more we yeah. become aware that there's more to know and more to learn. Yeah. So, 
okay, so you would say the if for, for someone embarking on the path, the true way is with humility. Hold these ideas a little bit. Humble yourself. Lightly. Humble yourself because it's you learn something. Yeah. You don't know everything. Yeah, and don't look down on others. I think that's something that trips us up a lot. Don't look down on others. When we when we when we devalue others, we're devaluing ourselves. We're 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 judging ourselves. So yeah, that's tied to humility. Right. This is the occupational hazard of almost anything we do is we start doing it, and then we wonder how the whole world is not isn't doing this. I'm trying to figure out why people aren't doing ice plunge every single day now that I've done it for two weeks. <laughs> exactly. Um, there was once for the Rebbe, early in my, early in my um, getting answers from the Rebbe, six plus years ago, mm. um, I was really struggling with someone and some things that were very annoying and very frustrating for me. And the Rebbe made the point, there's all kinds of people. There's wood choppers, there's water carriers, right. and, and they, you have to respect them all and love them all. Right. Right. It does seem to happen, um, certainly early in the process of engaging on a healing path, that we become very, uh, like, look down at people who are not and look down at people who are. Yeah. The um, the spiritual. Well, it makes us feel better about ourselves. We're, we're leveling up and they're not yet, or they have some other issues. Right. right. Right, spiritual arrogance in some way is more dangerous than, like, material arrogance. Yeah, another thing the Rebbe says, the Rebbe also gave me a clear answer about a specific issue, was that we, we, we look at ourselves with a favorable eye, and we look at others with a negative eye. You know, we look at the other person with the left eye, and we look at ourselves with the right eye, so to speak. So it's always easier for us to judge ourselves favorably and judge others unfavorably, right? Again, that comes from arrogance, it comes from not having that humility, not having that awareness that we're, we have our own problems, we have our own issues. Um, we, we attract people into our lives that have, similar, that have a similar level of, of um, similar vibrational level of issues that we have. So if we're different, and it may play out in a different way, in a different place, in a different area, but uh, no one comes into our life by accident. And pretty much everybody comes into our life in some way as a mirror for, for us to become aware of something, for us to, to learn something. And so, yeah, coming back to that humility, um, if someone's bothering you, you know, how can you find that, that aspect that's bothering you within yourself? You know, what, what connection is there to yourself? And going back to the previous podcast about uh, please trigger me so we can look, <laughs> we can look inside <laughs> ourselves, right? So, yeah, that's why that's, humility is, is really important and it's something that we have to work on. It doesn't come easy. Doesn't come easy. It's very natural to to not be in a state of humility. Um, but if we can, you know, again, if we're taking, if God forbid, we're taking God out of the picture, and the Torah out of the picture, then what do we have? We have you learn to be learn, learn to have humility, and 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 um, what was the other one? You had mentioned humility, and you had mentioned. I don't recall for some reason. We'll have to rewind the tape. Yeah. But you're essentially saying two different things here, right? We started first with the idea that the path of Torah is mm -hmm. the path of self-work, spiritual development. Correct. And one of the things I'm excited about, and maybe it's my personal path, but mm -hmm. I don't think so. I don't think it's only my personal path. It seems to be more the zeitgeist today around healing is there's a lot more spiritual language around it, 
where early on, I think like back when I started talking to therapists, 2008, 2009, and we mentioned the last podcast, you were the first one introduced me to a therapist aside for a brief stint when I was a teenager. There, there, it seemed early on, there was this kind of, I'm a therapist and I cannot talk about spirituality. Even if they themselves may have been religious mm-hmm. or something else, mm-hmm. it was this a wall between the psychological world and the spiritual world. And it seems now with a lot of other um, modalities being introduced, whether it's somatic therapy, whether it's breathwork therapy, whether it's um, even using like some of these like healing circles or yoga stuff or any meditation, all of those concepts and viewed not strictly as a spiritual practice, but also as a healing practice, like those worlds are starting to become very overlapped. And obviously I talk about psychedelics all the time. And in that it's, it's, you cannot divide it. You know, someone once told me, they said like, I really want to heal. I have a terrible anxiety disorder, but why do I need something spiritual? Like, why do I need to go to, can I get the psychedelics without the spirituality? And he's a religious guy. And I said, I'll explain to you the problem I think you're having. Mm -hmm. I said, if we're, physical beings who occasionally have spiritual experiences, then it may be possible to do what you're trying to do. But if we're spiritual beings having a human experience, which is obviously the Jewish belief, then as I'm touching into realms of truth, it's going to be very difficult to separate that from spirituality. Mm-hmm. If, I'm, if I'm giving something like the essence of who they are, what their purpose is, whatever it is that it may be introducing, it's going to give it in a spiritual Realm, meaning the further we go into the depths of psychology, you're going to touch spirituality. That wall is a really artificial wall. I agree with you that um, the spiritual aspect has has grown tremendously in, in what we call global consciousness, right? So it starts with smaller groups of people, and then it expands outwards to global consciousness. It becomes more popular, mm-hmm. more popular culture, if you will. Um, you know, even Chabad, the, the JLI course recently was called Jupinatural. I was impressed. They were touching on, on supernatural topics and subjects, and um, and and recently a lot of different uh, online personalities have been talking more about spirituality and mental health, mm-hmm. and it's, this is a growing uh, awareness. So certainly, the, the the awareness of of the connection between psychology and spirituality is 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 blossoming and growing and and expanding. Right. So back to what you were saying, you two different things. Is a that the Torah itself, the path is a spiritual path. Mm-hmm. And then within spirituality itself, to, to be influenced by this perspective. And I know earlier in the podcast, I said, can we, can we make the point without Torah? But I'm not looking to change the way you're talking. You made it with Torah. So mm-hmm. spiritual, I just wanted to be able to deliver the message to someone who may be triggered by that. Affecting other people point. as well was the second thing. Right, exactly. That it should be um, positive, which that also has to be teased apart because certain people's illness comes in the form of taking care of everyone else. Correct. And that's self-abandonment, and that's essentially you're not taking care of yourself. So, like like we said earlier about the other things, it's there's always there's a right way, there's a healthy way, and an unhealthy way. So, someone, I my model is the Rebbe. The Rebbe helped people tremendously all over the world, but he didn't tell a hundred brachim to come sleep in his house. He didn't have a hundred teenagers stay in the house because they had nowhere to sleep when they came to Crown Heights. So he had boundaries. He helped people sometimes without boundary, other times he had very strong boundaries. So right. within everything, like the Ramam says, there's a right path, there's a left path, and then there's the middle path. So with everything that we encounter and get involved with, whether it's healing, whether it's kindness, whether it's, it has to be that healthy 
middle ground, a healthy balance um, for things to be balanced. And that's also the work of the Ten Spheros, to balance everything. To, to, the middle line of Tiferes, beauty, is when Chesed and Gevura, when kindness and severity are balanced. And so everything has to be balanced. And I'll say that one exception to that is when you're getting clear guidance to do something that's unbalanced, which has been my experience. So there were times where I got guidance from the Rebbe to do things that were not didn't make sense, that w- would seem to be crazy or out of balance. But the, right, the, you had the, mentioned, for example, throwing yourself into something financially. That yeah, in a way that made no sense, for example. Right. So that that would be so. So what was my my uh, validation or reasoning to do that was because I was getting a very clear guidance from above, if you will that this is the correct thing to do at this time, even though it's out of balance, or it would appear to be out of balance. Right. But generally speaking, um, all of these things, helping people, Torah, someone could say, I'm going to learn Torah 24-7 until they have a mental breakdown. Right? They have to go to sleep. <laughs> they have to take right. care of their body. Uh, like Rebbe writes in many letters, taking care of your body, and from the Ramam, I think, that taking care of your body is part of serving Hashem. Going to work is serving Hashem. Doing right. business is serving Hashem. So everything has to be within balance, generally. But I, th- I think the central point of this discussion is that the the two worlds of if you take Tyra and strip it apart from the personal work that we're here to do, then you're missing something. Mm-hmm. And if someone takes the personal work that they're here to do and then strip it apart from the direction that Tyra provides, which you gave some of the values, humility and it's good for yourself and others then that too leaves something lacking, that these are kind of two strands that are intertwined cl- closely together. Torah is here as a, a self-help book. Yeah, it's a divine self-help guidance system. There's also the surface of Torah, and then there's below the surface of Torah. So we have Nigla, we have Chassidus, we have Nestor. We have the different aspects and faces of Torah that are ultimately infinite. Um, and when a person really delves into the surface of Torah, that will give them access to below the surface. And that will give them access to more guidance, more spir- more spiritual and supernatural help in their journey. You had said something earlier about beginning to learn Kabbalah at a certain point in time. Yeah, one of the saying? things... So there was a time where through various feedbacks and, and, and divine providences, I started learning a lot of Kabbalah. Um, and I started going through Zohar. And what struck me was as I was making my way through some of these books, was that there were, in Zohar, for example, there is a constant reminder, Sitra de Kedusha, Sitra Achra, that we always have a choice. Are we going to connect to the holy side or connect to the unholy side? Are we going to connect to holy or klippas? Are we going to connect to what's good or to what's not good? Saying in every single path that we're engaging in. In so many of the teachings of Zohar, the stories, the teachings, the lessons, there is this always this point, this, uh, not always, but very often there is this, either you're connecting to the right side or you're connecting to the wrong side or left right. side. And so we we constantly have that choice in like you know, the healing, the spiritual, the learning Torah, the, the way we act it out in the world, uh, being kind to others. We always have this option. Are you going to do it in the right way, on the right side, or are we going to do it on the wrong side? And And you would include in that Torah itself. Meaning there's a way to, to a do that wrong as Tara. well. A person can absolutely abuse Torah. The Ramam, I mean, there's some simple ways that, that is taught in Allah about when Allah to use Torah to, for our ego. 
if you're using Torah to aggrandize yourself, to, to show off and to make yourself big rather than for the sake of connecting with God, then you're, you're, you're doing something wrong. You're doing something terrible. See, but you're learning Torah. Torah is a, a good thing to do. Well, no, you're not learning Torah. You're learning your ego. Right. So, yeah, absolutely. Torah itself can be used and abused by, by someone that's in an in a, in a unhealthy place. And that's what a lot of people who are not in a good place point at and, and look at and use to justify sometimes their own stuff. Right. So this maybe connects to our earlier podcast and why it's so important to have a guide and a mentor and a personal relationship with someone who's figured out how to do it in the right way to know that we too are practicing the right way. Correct. Because in and of itself, right, you can say, okay, I'll just learn the Torah. It's God word, God's word. I'll understand it. I'll live it and I'll be fine. Like not so fast. Have a guide who you know is correct. Got this right. <clears throat> Absolutely, which is why the Rebbe always encouraged people to have a seder harav, that no one is um, immune to their to, to being blind to their own, you know, uh, um, issues or or you know, people to give themselves shaykhad, Right? I mean, people are confused sometimes about themselves, so they bribe themselves in some way. Yeah, people yeah. people misconstrue things for their own you know purposes. Oh, sure. So you have to have someone that can guide you and, and, and give you feedback and uh, be a, a, a um, non-involved third party that can look at it objectively. Okay, so we'll use this to plug the next episode we'll discuss, which is that after we did the podcast um, earlier, the virtual mm -hmm. podcast, where you took me through the method of less judgment on oneself and everything else, I said, hey, I'd be interested in uh, doing a session with you. So you and I did a session together. And uh, we'll talk about some of my learnings there, which I think also dovetail um, pretty nicely into some of some other thoughts you've spoken about masculine female dynamics, marriage stuff, which is that's that was um, something I was dealing with very strongly. Mm -hmm. The uh, kind of the tip of the iceberg, the presenting factor, the manifesting issue was something in my relationship. And then as we worked through it, obviously, it went to childhood and limiting beliefs and self judgment and uh, a lot of other stuff. So. We'll use this to plug our next discussion, which is someone is watching this on the day it's released. It'll probably be released a week after. Beautiful. Thanks so much. Thank you.